Hello friends, Maestro here, bringing you episode 358 of Maestro on the Mic, doing it Thursday, shorty style. In today's episode, I'm talking to you about the misdirection of mainstream marketing. Real talk, that shit is designed to instill self-doubt, and I'm calling it out. I'm sick of it. I'm calling it out. I want to chat all about it. But first, hey DJ, give me that heartbeat. This is Maestro on the Mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it poppin'. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello, friends. Maestro here, and thank you for joining me for yet another episode of my favorite podcast. So you all know I don't listen to that many podcasts, but I'm listening to a, a little bit more these days, and... In listening, I do oftentimes try to listen around the edges and kind of think about what they're doing, how they're doing it, the sound quality, of course. And is the podcast more episodic or serial? Meaning, can you just hop in and like get a feel for people and you don't need to like have listened to all 11 billion episodes? And in my little intro that I do, you know, I'm welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. I'm wondering, like, is that too, I don't even want to say serial, but you know, how does that sound to newcomers? And well, you know what, I'm sticking with it. And if you are new here, welcome. This is what you're getting. It's all maestro all the time. Uh, But today's episode, let's hop on into this. Today's episode, I want to talk about the self-doubt that is imparted, maybe even weaponized by the traditional marketing. So I've been toying around this idea for a bit and I didn't really have the words for it. So shout out to my girl Jordana. Uh, we were in in the Voxers this morning and she hit me with some words and I was like, yes, this is exactly what I'm trying to say. Uh, and what she talked about was the fact that marketing forces you basically to question yourself. And I was like, yes, that is it. That is what I want to be talking about. That is what I have a big problem with. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. So it is my belief that traditional marketing, just in general, all marketing, I'm really largely talking to my business owners here, anyone, or just honestly, anyone that's trying to do anything, but especially for the business owners, traditional marketing is designed to make you question yourself. It's not designed to make you question things, which I find very problematic because I think if you question things, then you'd question the marketing in and of itself, and that would be problematic for them. So what I see out there is, you know, and I guess I could, in the extremes, it lends itself to that like guruship or whatever it's called, where people are like, this is the only way, my way or the highway, which I think we know is is too extreme and, and there's a lot of pushback happening towards that. But Marketing in general, it, so much of it is just designed to make you question yourself. It's designed to impart some self-doubt and doesn't leave a lot of room for 
a lot of room for exploration. Had some trouble there. A lot of room for exploration and self-trust. You, you all know my whole shtick is self-trust. And that is, that is what the point of today's episode is going to be. We're going to talk about marketing and how it looks to instill doubt and make you question yourself. But the take-home message is going to be to trust yourself. Right? We're all about self-trust. So one of the things I was looking at and researching a little bit, something that comes up a ton, is the Dunning-Kruger effect. That shit is used so... You know what? I'm going to take a pause here. Apologies if you're listening to this with your kids. I do curse a lot. That's not going to change. I am still, I'm so grateful that you listen to my podcast. And uh, my girl, uh, Dr. Jackie Fenton, hit me up the, day, the other day and was like, I put your podcast on. And James was like, Chante! Shout out to you, James, if you're listening to, listening to this. You're my dude. We're going to have some Oreos one day. Uh, but I'm sorry if you listen to this with your kids and you're driving somewhere and I'm cursing. I can't, it just comes out. So it's not going to change, but thank you for continuing to listen. But talking today about the Dunning-Kruger effect, and it's used so, so, so much. And I think that I'm so passionate about today's episode because so many of my clients, so many people in my audience are females that just have so much self-doubt. And I'm like, where does this come from? And like, you know, I know where it comes from, but I'm also like, Let's identify this shit so we can knock it down. So the Dunning-Kruger effect, if you don't know what it is, uh, I'm going to read the definition, one of the definitions from the, ins- from the, the interwebs. Dunning-Kruger effect in psychology, a cognitive bias whereby people with limited knowledge or competence in a given intellectual or social domain greatly overestimate overestimate their own knowledge or competence in that domain relative to objective criteria or to the performance of peers or people in general. Meaning when people are beginners, they tend to think that they're better than they are. They tend to think they know more than they know. This is according to the Dunning-Kruger effect. Now, two things. One, I think we're all kind of somewhat familiar with the the graph that comes along with it, where on the y-axis, right, the vertical axis, that's confidence. On the x-axis, that's the horizontal axis, that is uh, competence. And what we see is that when we're all the way towards the left side, where we have very little competence, we may see people having very high confidence. Then as we move to the right of that, where we're high in competence, we should also be, if you look at the drawing, if you look at the whole thing, we should, we're also high in confidence. But in the middle part, we have that downward slope where we are moving up and increasing our competence, right? But our confidence decreases, where you kind of start to be like, man, there's so much that I don't know. Now, here's some of my issues with this. One, I don't know very many women who start off with this actual Dunning-Kruger where they're like, I don't know anything, but I'm so confident, right? Well, you don't know what you don't know, so you have a lot of confidence in it. I feel like women in general just come, come out from the jump and they're like, I don't know anything. I, I, I have imposter syndrome, which maybe we'll talk about this in an episode. Maybe we will talk about in this episode as well, because some of it is just justified humility. Like you don't know shit. You're just starting. You shouldn't be that confident about things. So I, I take, you know, I have an issue with Dunning-Kruger to start off with because I'm like, who is this based on? A bunch of white men? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. But the second part that I have to take issue with is the fact that we tend to forget the second half of the graph, right? If you look at any, if you just Google it, you'll see that some of them, they look a little bit different. But in the end, 
if we move all the way towards the right of the graph where competence has increased, confidence also increases. Right? We tend to kind of stop or marketing tends to kind of stop or really focus on that middle part and instill a lot of self-doubt in people where it's like, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And I'm like, does it actually matter? Does the stuff I don't know, does that matter as it relates to the outcome I'm looking to get? We can talk about, you know, principles versus uh, methods. Like, I don't need to know every single freaking method if I understand principles. So as you progress in your competency, as you are doing this shit for a long time, you start to learn all the principles. Absolutely. And maybe you don't know all the methods, but it doesn't matter because you know how to go and find those things. You know how to go and find those resources. You know someone who is really good in those methods, then it's fine. You're like, all right, cool. I'm thinking about PT right now where I am very good with you know traditional orthopedic issues. I know my shit. I don't want to go back to treating, but if I could, I would be great. I have a tremendous amount of confidence in that. Not because of this Dunning-Kruger bullshit, but because I did it for so long and I have tangible evidence that people got better. But I also knew enough, and this is actually on the right side, all the right side of the, the graph of Dunning-Kruger. And some of them will say, uh, I'm pretty good what does it say? I'm pretty good, but know my limitations, which I think is marketing in and of itself because it says but, not and. It should just be I'm pretty good and I know my limit and I know my limitations. That but I have a problem with that. But where I was going with that is that I am a great orthopedic physical therapist and I have the resource, I have resources, I have the wherewithal to be able to refer out. Uh, I've also, you know, made the connections such that if I didn't know something. I could refer to someone who knows that thing, who is really skilled in those methodologies. So again, I'm not practicing, but if I was, if I had a trouble case, I would probably be sending them over to Anna Hartman. I'd be sending them over to Missy Bunch. You know, Anna is really phenomenal as it relates to uh, kind of like the osteopathic, visceral, neurovisceral approach. Uh, Missy Bunch is phenomenal as it relates to Z Health, the Z Health approach. Uh, I got my guys over at IKN. I've brought them onto the podcast. So I have the understanding of all the principles and I don't need to know all the methods. It's also like impossible to be, you know, an expert at all the methods. So I don't think that that's actually a very good goal to have. You all know I'm so, you know, I'm all about uh, niching down, owning your shit, and then you can refer out, make those relationships, establish those relationships that you can refer out to the people that, that are experts in those other methodologies. But if I bring it back to the point of this, we see that even when you know Dunning-Kruger is used, it's used as a way to instill and reinforce self-doubt. Like we don't even go to the right side of the thing. It's always just like, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And maybe you're in the bottom of this fucking graph. And even though you've been doing this for 11 billion years, you don't know, you don't know. And I'm like, but also does it matter? Does it matter? So uh, a cool thing to do is if you're ever like, you know, hearing things come up a lot, just Google and, and, and Google, I'm trying to think what the keywords would be, but just trying to Google things that disprove it or the opposite of it. Uh, and I will share an article that I, when I was Googling to get ready for this uh, episode, that I came across. And again, I'm not taking anything out there as fact, and that's going to be our next point, but it can be nice to hear someone else thinking the things, articulating the things that you're kind of starting to try to put words to, and you're like, oh, yeah, someone else has, put, has thought about this because we all just, you know, we tend to accept things 
as fact. It's just easier sometimes. And we're like, yeah, cool. But there's an article and its title is The Dunning-Kruger Effect is Probably Not Real. And I was like, you know I'm all about this article. So I will share that with you. Of course, come to your own conclusions. That is so much of what I want this episode to be about, where you trust yourself, where you do your own research, you think for yourself, and you know, you take what serves you, you leave what doesn't. And that's okay. I want to just push back about push back against the self-doubt that is just, you know, 100% marketed and pushed all the time within marketing. So the next part of what we're going to talk about is the fact that it's all made up. What's made up? Literally everything. There's a reason, I think, that I have a penchant for kind of the hard sciences, math, physiology of things where, and even with physiology, we know that there's like, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like individualization, subjectivity, where not everyone's the same. Uh, something as cool as like, looking at the way veins are like not everyone has the same veins vein like that's really cool to me but for the most part when it comes to the hard sciences math things like that like there's a set answer there's a set outcome when it comes to dealing with humans and psychology is all made up even actually let me take it back a step because jordana brought up a really great point uh even if we're looking at things like physiology and, and anatomy our interpretation of things can be made up so if you have been with me since my, my movement days, my PT days, then you know I'm quite fond of Anatomy Train's uh, Tom Myers work. I love it. Tom Myers also is very uh, you know, keen to say that his Anatomy Trains are just a story. It's his interpretation of the story the body is telling, right? That these anatomy trains or chains, however we want to think of them, they don't actually exist. Like it's just the way that the scalpel was inserted and continuous cutting or continually cut the, the tissues, right? It's someone's interpretation. It's someone's take on things. And when it comes to dealing with humans, when it comes to actually marketing, when it comes to like, online business, it's all just someone's take on things. It's all made up, right? So when I was down the Seth Godin rabbit hole, I have tremendous respect for Seth Godin. I love his work, largely because probably of the uh, confirmation bias, because I'm like, yes, I believe this as well. You are right. But after you know taking a deep dive with Seth Godin and, and listening to a bunch of his books and reading his bunch of his books, probably two of the best takeaways that I had was number one, once is never, right? Like all his books say the same thing. It's just the same principles applied to different problems. Uh, but number one, once is never. And then number two, it's all made up. Like this person was like, I believe this. I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to keep talk about it, talking about it. And I'm going to show you instances where my belief you know, held quote unquote true, or my belief applied to this to this scenario, or where my belief was highlighted by this pattern of behaviors or whatever. It's just someone's take on things. And typically, you know, the people that are the loudest, people that keep talking the most, we kind of are just like, all right, I, I believe it. So I, I'm not saying this in a pejorative way. I am saying it so that perhaps we pull back a little bit on self-doubt when we read things and we learn things. And we push forward a bit with self-trust and saying, okay, this is this person's take, but it's not like two plus two equals four. It's not this hard math, hard science where, you know, this is the, this is fact. This is, it's someone's take. It right? takes that deal with human behavior 
this is another problem that I that I find is that takes that deal with human behavior, relate to human behavior. They're based on the past, right? They're based on the information that we collected by observing people. To me, oftentimes these takes are teaching us how to win what I have come to view as a broken game. I know that a lot of people out there have a, you know, take issue with with the way the business is done. Like they'll just use that as an example. And it's a broken game. So you can go and like, one of my, you know, a book that I really enjoyed was Jordan Belfort's Way of the Wolf. But you got to take what serves you and leave the rest. You don't have to take the whole entire thing. You don't have to burn the whole entire thing down either. Take what, what serves you, what you think there is good, you know, what good things, good things could come from this and then leave the rest. Because what I'm, what I was reading in that was largely how to win at a broken game, how to win at the game that's already been established. But no one questioned, is this a game I want to play? Is this a good game? Is this game fair for everyone? And, you know, as fair, because I am hesitate to say that because life isn't fair, but is this game intentionally bad for some people? Right? That's never questioned. So when we're looking at traditional marketing, one, yes, I do believe that it's designed to make you question yourself, but I also believe that so much of it is based on teaching us how to win a broken game. And I think a lot of you who listen to this and who are in my ecosystem, I think that a lot of you feel the same way. Kathy Sierra actually just did a post about this. And Courtney, I will give you the link so you can link it. Uh, you folks should check it out. It was, I'm not going to read the whole post, but largely based upon this, the same concept of the fact that we are championing the way that it's always been done without questioning is the way that it's always been done is that actually the best way right i think that marketing tells us this is the best way based on what we've always done but what if what we've always done wasn't the best way to do it clearly i'm here to stir some shit and by stir some shit, I largely just mean have people question things and decide for themselves. If they're like, yeah, I like it, I want to do it, and, and I agree with it, cool. So much of when I coach and when I run my programs and such, I say this is a soft suggestion. I can't help you if you do things a different way because that's not my expertise, but I'm not here to say this my way is the only way. My way is the best way for me, and if you want to do the things in the way that I did them, because our values align and, and you're feeling it, cool. But I'm never here to be like, this is the only way. It's it's all soft, soft suggestions. Uh, so if we move forward with this, uh, and I'm thinking about a conversation I had recently with a really good friend of mine who I love dearly. I don't even know if she's going to listen to this episode, but I love her dearly. And... I watch her question her capabilities a lot. And I think she's one of the smartest people I know. She's so fucking good at what she does. And what she does is different. It's a different approach than what you typically see. And I understand how that could instill some, some self-doubt because you're like, but everyone else is doing differently. But she has the results. 
And that's kind of the thing when we're talking about imposter syndrome, where in the beginning, I think that some of it is truly justified humility. If you just started something, like, why? I'm not going to tell you to go be confident about it and fake it till you make it. You're going to fake it and break someone. Like, you don't know your shit yet. Have some of that that uncertainty. That's that's healthy. That's That's safe. But... I see so many people that have been in the game for so long and more than just being in the game because that's that's not necessarily enough. They've gotten so many results, so many results and their clients are happy and yet they're still doubting and they're still doubting maybe someone else's way is better than, than mine, right? It, and I was almost just said maybe there's a better way. There are always going to be other ways to do things, right? This kind of this ties into that Dunning-Kruger and, and you don't know what you don't know. But at some point, folks, especially when it comes to something like movement in the human body, like you do, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to fucking say it. You do know it all. You do know what you need to know. If you've been in the game for that long, you're like, I got this. Mainly because you don't need to know every single uh, methodology. You need to know the principles of things. And then you can say, do I want to go down that rabbit hole, that methodology, or do I want to refer out? Does this minutia actually matter? The one podcast that I do listen to is, uh, uh, you know, Brian Borstein and Aaron Straker, their Eat, Drain, Prosper podcast. And they've, they've been having a really cool discussion about like how much does the nuance matter? And they brought this guy, Kasim, on, Coach Kasim on, and he works for N1 or he owns N1. And honestly, I'm going to, he seems very smart, but a lot of what he te- he's teaching is what I would consider, I think all physical therapists should know. This is a lot about like origin insertion, line of pull, um, you know, the best way to set up an exercise so that you're more so targeting or biasing certain tissues. Like, but I get that trainers don't get the same education that physical therapists get. So I think what he's doing is great. But, you know, Brian asks a lot, like, how much does this actually matter? How much does this you know, slight rotation of your arm or this matter. And yes, we know it depends. It depends on the person that's training. Are they super young training age? Then it probably doesn't matter at all. What we need to be focusing on is what's going to keep them training. And then perhaps when they get to that like super advanced training age and your gains kind of plateau, then it starts to matter like, hey, let's tap into this more of this minutia. But, you know, as a trainer, as a, as a coach, do you need to know all of that or do you need to know the principles and then being like, okay, this is a beginner trainee. This is an advanced trainee. Do you need to know the methodology for an advanced trainee? If you're training them, perhaps. But if that's not who you're training, then you're good. You know the principles. And then you can say, hey, I can go and learn that. I can go and, and you know get those resources. Or I can refer out. Right? This person can go and, and work with somebody else. They, I like working with this demographic. This is what I need. What I need to know. So I really feel like there's a narrative push that that likes to conflate confidence with arrogance, and especially with women. It just kind of like society, marketing, I mean, it just kind of knocks them down. As soon as there's like any like any semblance of of people knowing, feeling like they know their shit, it's like, oh, but you don't know everything. And like, the fuck, I don't need to know everything. And no, I didn't say I know everything. I said I'm good at what I know, right? Tying back into what I said before, what if you really do know all that you need to know about a certain thing because, you know, it's kind of like I think about with when we were in grade school and they asked if like, when will you ever have a calculator? And like the answer is like always now, we will always have a calculator. 
what we needed to learn was when do we need to use that calculator? Do I need to add these things together? Do I need to subtract? Like, do I need to know, uh, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally? Or, or, or those are the things, the principles. I, we live in a time now where we can so readily uh, obtain information. I just like, it's at, literally at our fingertips, literally at our fingertips. And so perhaps what's important is not to try to memorize every single thing, but to know when we need to go and search for something, to be able to know what to go and search for, to know when to refer out, to know that like, hey, this is my zone of genius. And that thing over there, I don't know that. And I will refer to my girl, Anna, right? I think that the, it's almost like the information age is being weaponized against us and, and used as a way to instill doubt instead of to celebrate the fact that we have so many resources that are so readily and easily attainable and the fact that so many different things work. Right? So many different approaches work. It's like as soon as you start to be good at something, marketing is like, but you don't know this thing and this thing could be better. Maybe it's better. Instead of being like, let's double down on the results that you're getting. And go from there, especially, and I'm thinking about the person I just had the conversation with, especially when we're dealing with humans, right? When we're dealing with humans, to me, the most important thing is having those soft skills and caring. Because if you care about somebody, you're going to go and take the time to go and figure out the answer, even if the answer is, I got to send you to somebody else, right? We get so focused on trying to know everything because, you know, marketing tells us we need to know everything that, you know, I, I loved being a physical therapist. I think it's a great career, but I don't think that it's that hard as it relates to, you know, getting people better. Because the human body is, is fucking remarkable. I think we set up this, the environment so that it can heal. It does its thing. But the complicated part is how do you set that environment up when you have this living, breathing, dynamic system that's like, I have to work, I have kids, I'm stressed out, I want this thing, I want that thing. The TV is telling me I should look like this. Or you have all these competing factors. That's where, you know, being a physical therapist and heavy emphasis on the therapist part becomes difficult. So for people, and I'm thinking about that person I just had the discussion with. For someone like this, this person, she cares so much. She has like the biggest fucking heart ever. And I'm like, that's where your success comes from. Not only are you incredibly smart with what you do, right? she's, a, she's a doctor of physical therapy as well. She's very, very good at what you do, but you care. And when you care... You'll take the time to, to figure things out. And even if figuring things out means I got to refer out or, you know, you're going to be listening in all forms to this person and being like, nope, they're not ready for this. Or like, but you should go in a different direction or there's something else going on. Like, it's just, I just don't want the marketing that's out there to make you have self-doubt and I know that so many of the people that, I'm assuming so many of the people that listen to this are people that are pretty far along in their careers. So even if you are new to like running your own business or new to this chapter of your life, I think that the majority of my audience is are people who have been doing whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's raising kids, God bless you. I just got an email the other day from a mother of five and I was like, you are a goddamn superhero. Just whatever it is that you've been doing, You've been doing it for a long time and there is competency, there is proficiency there. And I don't want traditional marketing to instill self-doubt. Question things, but don't automatically question yourself and question your competency and, and your proficiency with things. I'd, so 
again, circling back, there will always be so many things that we don't know. But the question is, how much does that actually matter? How much of those things that we don't know actually affect or impact the outcome that we are seeking? Does there come a point where so long as you know where to find those resources, you're good? And I believe that, yes, there does come that point. You know, I was actually talking to to my girl, Allie Gilbert, uh, the last long episode that she was the last guest uh, episode that we had on the podcast. And, you know, when it comes to training people and, and kind of like the exercise for prescription portion of things, like I do believe there can come a point where you're like, yeah, I got this shit. I do. If you take a step back and we even look at uh, just like the the things that come out the, the trends that exist within the movement paradigm. Like nothing new comes out. It's just recycled. Like we are back in the bodybuilding phase of things. We're back kind of looking at strongman stuff. None of this is is new. And the, the to me, what I think is the the most telling part is that I think if we had always just looked at the results, we could go in and say there is merit to that approach. If I'm going to kind of tie this back into Kathy Sierra's post, I don't want to say that like, oh, it's the best way to do it. Yeah, we can question these things. But there is merit when we see these results. So if we look at strong the strong men, if we look at bodybuilders, like clearly they're doing something right. Whether it's the only approach to doing that, like we can't say, but we can't just throw the whole thing out and be like, well, fuck it all. Like these people are the biggest. They're the, you know, these people are the strongest. These people are the most, you know, they have the aesthetic, but what they're doing, those isolation exercises, fuck those things. Like, well, maybe they're onto something, right? We kind of circle back to take what serves you and, and leave the rest, but we don't just bastardize all of it or throw it all away. But the point getting a little off tangent. The point here, again, is that I do believe that traditional marketing is designed to make you question yourself instead of questioning things. I realize we could go down the rabbit hole of like, when do I stop questioning? I think that for so much, we're applying this to, to business. We're applying this to working with someone. And so we do need to stick with something long enough that we can see it through and try and run a decent experiment and get some uh, get some outcomes and look at the results. If your people are happy, I think that's a big thing. So when I'm looking at Kathy Sierra's stuff, one of the things that's really cool is that she works with horses and she's really trying to push back on the more aggressive training techniques and the, the less humane uh, training techniques and really tap into autonomy and really tap into giving these horses choice and letting them be horses and not trying to make them succumb to our our desires. And so when we're looking at, well, how much do I question the things that I am doing? I think it goes into values. I think it goes into results. And I think it goes into looking at the people that you are working with and looking to help. Are, are they happy? Have you asked them? Have you given them choice? Are we forcing things on them? Are we saying this is the only way? Again, maybe this episode leaves you with more questions than answers. And I'm honestly not mad about that because the whole thing was that marketing is designed to make you question yourself. And the marketing that I want to be doing and the discussions that I want to be having are discussions that make you question things and then formulate your own answers and you know, walk away and 
use as a foundation your own walk away with i should say and use a found use as a foundation your own self trust all right i think i think i've said what what i want to say with this I, you folks have been hitting me up and telling me you're listening and we've been having some good discussions and i'm so grateful please keep doing that i love hearing from you. You can DM me. You can text me 310-737-2345. Yes, the texts will be green because it's a sideline, which is an app. It's not, I have an iPhone, but the text will come in green uh, when you text me. But it is me. It's not Rupert. He won't fucking do anything. He blames it on the lack of thumbs, but you know. Text me, DM me. I love to hear from you. And I'm really grateful that you sat through this episode. This is something that's been bopping around my head and I'll probably revisit but wanted to get it out there, and I'm really grateful that I have this platform to get my ideas out there and uh, share my musing. So that is all that I got for you today. If you want to leave a review, I'd love that. If you want to leave some stars, preferably five, I'd love that. If you want to share it with somebody who you think it could help, I would love that. If you want to DM me, text me, I would love that. Or if you just want to go on with your day, more power to you. All right, officially wrapping it up. As always, endlessly appreciative for every single one of you. Until next time, friends, maestro 